When I was a kid, I shared a room with my little sister. Her name's Danielle. We also have an older sister, but for some reason she got her own room from when she was like seven. I was so jealous, but anyway, not the point. I shared a room with my little sister and for years of that, we had bunk beds just because it saves space, I guess, and we thought it was really fun. And she told me years later that when she couldn't sleep at night, she would tell herself that me and her took shifts watching over each other so that one could sleep and then the other. And every night I was on watch, apparently, according to her, every night she said, Lid's on watch tonight. It's fine. I can go to sleep. Even though she could hear me really deeply breathing and definitely not keeping watch. I mean, I didn't know about this till years later, so I don't think I'm to blame, but... I didn't keep watch over her in the way that she hoped that I would. We all take comfort in knowing or thinking that someone is watching over us or looking out for us. But can I just start by saying that God is always watching over you. He is always looking out for you. Today, we're looking at what it means to be a watchman for God, for our world, for our cities. But I'm going to start by painting a picture for you of what this really is, because when I first heard it, I had no idea what it meant. So back in the ancient days, there were a lot of agricultural towns and there were also cities. Watchmen were really important for both of these. In the towns, the watchmen would be posted around the fields at harvest time and they would protect the crops from anyone who might come and steal them or damage them and from any animals that might try to come in and destroy the crops. This was such a critical role because the townspeople relied on these crops, on this harvest for their livelihood, for their well-being, for food, for life. Similarly, across in the cities, watchmen were posted on the city walls. They would watch over the everyday activity of the cities, the coming and the going of the people, and they'd keep an eye out for any odd behaviour or any sign that they needed to get ready for battle. The watchmen were so important. They would protect their cities, they would defend their cities, and also they really got to know the people of the city in and out because they'd see everything that they did every time they came into the city and left it. So it's not really any wonder that God uses this illustration of a watchman to show the way that we should be placed in his world. We heard from Dan in the very first talk of the series that you did not choose me, Jesus said, but I chose you. It's important to realise we don't appoint ourselves as watchmen. We might think that we have that power, but it is a God-given gift to place us in these places in the world that need watching over and praying for. And in terms of watchmen specifically, in the Bible, God said to Ezekiel, who was one of the prophets in the Old Testament, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the people of Israel. God made him a watchman. So that's the first point. You can't make yourself a watchman. So bear that in mind. God has already appointed you. Like I said at the start, it's also important to come from a place of knowing that God watches over us first and foremost. We can't do this on our own. In Psalm 121, it illustrates this perfectly. It says, the Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. So how can I be a watchman individually? We're going to look at that first and then look at what it means to be a watchman for our world, for our community, and then how we do that as a collective. 
But firstly, how can I be a watchman individually for my own, for my own soul? It's really important to start by saying that we are called to live in community. I'm not advocating that you only watch over yourself and you don't allow other people to help you with this. But solitude is really important in our relationships with God. Just like any relationship, you need time on your own with him to get to know him well, to hear what he's saying in your life and to understand who he is and what he is doing. So being a watchman individually for yourself could mean putting in place rhythms and disciplines to guard your own heart and mind. Are you awake to the things that are getting in the way of your life with God? Are you awake to the gossip here or there, the lack of discipline in your private life, your tendency to react in anger, not love, to name but a few? Are you being vigilant in how you respond to these? switched on to the impact that they could have in your life by bringing them before God and asking him for help, going to battle against them. If God is asking us to be watchmen in our own lives, we need to be putting in place rhythms to be awake, to be vigilant, to see what it is that he's doing, what he's trying to say to us. There's a story in the Old Testament of the Bible that describes a man called Elijah and he goes onto a mountain and he's in a cave and he's trying to hear God. And God said to him that he was going to pass by. And there's an earthquake and Elijah thinks maybe God's in the earthquake because it's massive, but he's not. And there's a fire and Elijah thinks maybe God's in the fire, but he's not. And then a gentle breeze passes by and God speaks to him in the gentle breeze. Are you having time to be still, to hear God's gentle whisper, to put in place those rhythms to be a watchman for your own soul, to guard your own heart by hearing what God has to say in the quiet place? I don't know about you, but I definitely see a difference in my own attitude or the way that I live when my personal time with God slips. I find myself feeling way more anxious, drained, maybe complacent, and I get into this emotional and spiritual state that allows sin to really easily creep up in my life because I'm not putting time into my relationship with God and allowing him to change me and to guide me. Be a watchman of your own spiritual life. God does the work, but you need to step towards him in prayer to allow him to. And then this is maybe my favourite bit, if I'm allowed to have a favourite, being a watchman for the world. This is a huge calling and it makes me really excited and a little bit emotional when I think about it. It doesn't take long to realise that our world needs warriors who will stand up against injustice, who will pray for peace and an end to poverty, for the protection of our children, for the protection of our mental health. You name it, it probably needs praying for. Maybe this starts with our immediate circle. When I was in first year, I'd moved into halls and there were five people that I lived with. And in my second week, I spent a bit of time with God praying for each person and asking him how I could relate to them in a way that would show Jesus in the way they needed to see him. God told me something specific for each person and I felt a bit like an undercover spy because over the four years of friendship that have followed, I've heard each of them tell me exactly the 
the place that they've been coming from that God had already told me in my second week of uni. Now, I don't know if that seems a bit creepy, but I think it's so cool that God gives us this insight, not in a way that is to misuse it or or shame people, but to see what it is that people need to be able to show him to them. I felt like I was on a mission and it's probably because I was. And this is the same with all of our immediate circles. How can you be a watchman for your best friend, for your housemate, for your mum and dad, for those who are close to you, who maybe do know Jesus or maybe they don't? What can you be doing to be that person posted on the city wall of your friendship group, seeing the coming and going the every day and ready to intercede in battle for them? In Isaiah 62, it says, I have posted watchmen on your walls, Jerusalem. They will never be silent day or night. You who call on the Lord, give yourselves no rest and give him no rest till he establishes Jerusalem and makes her the praise of the earth. We have been posted in these positions for a reason. Who do you live with? Who do you work with? Can you be praying for them? They will never be silent. Be persistent in prayer. Persevere. Wrestle with God for your loved ones who need healing or who don't know Jesus. Give yourselves no rest. This takes discipline. This takes commitment. It isn't a one-time prayer that you shoot up to God and that's that done. Give yourselves no rest means you're going to need to put this into your everyday, into your calendar and get praying because this is an ongoing discipline. You're a disciple of God and that means that you follow in his ways and he's saying he needs you to give him no rest, to pray for those who you love and to put this as an ongoing commitment in your diary, in your schedule. However, God isn't saying never rest. Rest with God is so important. Jesus often retreated to the quiet places and I'm not telling you not to sleep because you will burn out and you also might die. I don't know if you can just not sleep. But this is a marathon, it's not a sprint. It needs to be sustainable. Is there time you can set aside to petition with God for your friends and your family? Now, what about intercession? In my fire group last year, we were all asked, what it is that we find ourselves continually coming back to in prayer, what it is that God has placed on your heart that you always find yourself crying out for. I don't know what yours is, but I thought that my answer would be the same as everyone's, um, and that was human trafficking. This is something that I'm massively um, passionate about seeing an end to and that I always find myself praying about. But what I found amazing in that group, I think there was about nine or ten of us, is that each person said something different. For example, I said human trafficking, someone else said um, praying for women and women in ministry or women in the world and the way that women need um, encouraging in a specific way. Someone else is talking about bringing in people to church and to meet Jesus who have always felt on the outskirts of society. There was loads of examples and it was so amazing to realize that God has put something on your heart for a reason, and he's probably calling you to be a watchman off that thing. This is why we're all given slightly different passions, slightly different callings, because there are different things that God needs his watchmen placed in. God's appointed you as a specific watchman for his world. That includes the very specific prayer that he's put in your heart. 
Historically, watch men, and I'll say watch men because it's more than one, took three shifts throughout the night. This just shows we're not called to do it on our own. I don't even think anyone would argue with the fact there is way too much to pray about single-handedly. You could spend 24 hours a day praying and still not even get out of the prayers that you've got for the UK, let alone the world, let alone individuals that you know. There's so much that we need to pray for. And initially, the watchmen who were on the city walls or outside the fields took three shifts. This is because they had to work in community. You couldn't have one person awake all night. We can't single-handedly watch over the world and none of us is gonna save the world. That's something only God can do. But each of us have a really important specific role to play as a community in seeing that happen. That way, the city, the world, our friends, our family are covered in prayer if each of us takes up our post. We're called to live in community. When the disciples were taught how to pray by Jesus, they were taught to say, give us, give us. It wasn't me, it was us as a collective. When Jesus asked the disciples to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane, he asked them as a group. It wasn't just one of them. So you get the point. We need to work in community together. We each have a corner of the city to watch. For some, this might look like devotional prayer, or for others it's relational intercession, or revival intercession, or governmental prayer, or evangelism. We've got an incredible position that God's given us and with it comes a great responsibility to be persistent in our prayer, to step into our role as watchmen. Just like you come prepared to your place of work every day or to your university or to school, come prepared to your royal position as a watchman for God. So, what are you going to take responsibility for? How are you going to change prayer rhythms in your life to reflect your watchman role? What is your line in the sand and stake in the ground for prayer? In a really loud culture, let's not be silent, but let's stand together and shout, look out, look out to the dangers around us and look up, look up to Jesus and his light.